And we're going to jump back into um, our study here. We kind of had a sub-study going on as we uh, are in looking at 2 Peter chapter 1, uh, verses 5 through 7, adding to your faith virtue. And we said, you know, God has his line here, his template, if you will, of growing into Christian maturity. But um, be assured that the devil and your flesh would gladly lead you uh, through a, an opposite process uh, from simplicity to scorning uh, and to driving you away from the Lord. And that's, that's what we're looking at here. Uh, both in Philippians, we've been the last couple of weeks in, uh, on Wednesday nights in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, which gives several descriptions of where we ought to place our thinking. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. And it's so important as believers to place our mind in the right place and to be renewed in our mind, uh, to, to see that, that potential of maturity through a renewed mind. But as we as we don't elevate and esteem the things of the Lord and we say, you know, that's for the super Christian. I'm just too busy. Uh, I, I'm not going to really invest myself into pursuing God or being wise. Uh, watch watch a, uh, a steady departure from and decline from that maturity. And so we see that as we study uh, in, in the text that I've been looking at, um, Essential Virtues by Jim Berg, he uh, he kind of got me onto this, but I had done a study previously. He identifies, um, I think, a couple of the fools and the scorner, but it's interesting as you look into Proverbs that you'll actually find three different words uh, for the fool besides the simpleton, okay? Anybody need a sheet that we had last week? You don't have yours um, yet. Uh, Jerry, would you mind passing these out? I've got several extras there. So... Uh, and we'll, you can see it says number two because it was pulled out of a larger study that we'd done years back. But um, we started off by uh, describing uh, what we read in our uh, English version as simple, the simple one. And uh, that word is pathy. And I said here, it's small understanding. It's, it's, uh, it's the natural state to some degree of an immature person who just lacks a perspective. His field of vision isn't very big. He's impressionable. Um, yep, just keep your hand raised there if you want uh, one of those. Um, right down here, Jerry, and then one over a uh, couple over here. Good. Looks like we about had just about enough, huh? And one, one more of it. Thank you, Jerry. All right, so we start off with the pathy there, the simple person. And we went through these verses, so we won't go back uh, through them. But you see that he lacks a spiritual savvy. And that's part of the point of the book of Proverbs is to, is to grow the simple son, if you will, into a place of discernment and to knowing the Lord. One more back there too, Jerry, if you've got Another one. Um, he's void of understanding, it says in chapter 7, verse 7, as he sees the young man heading down the way toward her house. Then uh, 9, 13, he knows nothing. 14, 15, to me, seems um, something that we would say in our 
modern vernacular, believes every word. He's gullible. Why? Because, again, he lacks a perspective and a discernment to say when should he not, you know, when should he be wary of someone. So he believes every word. Proverbs 22.3 and 27.12 says that he lacks foresight. Uh, where the wise person can foresee an evil and a consequence of a certain action, the simple one doesn't, and so he just goes on and consequently is punished. Then he inherits folly. Now, as you do a study, maybe you'll, you'll end up with a slightly different, uh, you need to, um, slightly different conclusion that, um, well, they're not hard and fast distinctions, or maybe it's not exactly the progression that you think. I just think it's interesting, you know, draw the conclusion Uh, you feel is best, but think about what the text is saying, that it's using different words as it's describing fools in different contexts here. So there has to be a distinction between the fools to me, if if language means anything. Um, It's not just, you know, God saying, let's find a different word to say the same thing. Um, Why is he describing one kind of fool one way, one kind of fool the other? Now, sometimes you'll see in one verse the mention of both uh, fools. Well, Number one, remember that in Proverbs especially, it's very easy to see the parallelism, that it is, it is dealing with the same concept, so you are going to have um, different words that are speaking toward the same thing. It doesn't mean they're synonymous in and of themselves, the words, but that they're speaking toward the same thing. Uh, more could be said, but let's go on to uh, the next one. So the pathi is the simpleton, but then we went to the kasil, uh, the kasil, and you'll see in a minute why we uh, make an issue of his mouth. That this is the man with the big mouth. But in one chapter one, uh, verse twenty-two, um, it's. Uh, let me turn to Proverbs myself here. Uh, Proverbs one and verse twenty-two. It says. How long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity, and the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. That's the casile here. He hates knowledge. And remember, uh, the concept of hate would be to, uh, to reject, if you will, um, and it's an issue of the heart, not of the mind. When we talk about a fool in Scripture, we're not talking about someone who's dumb, we're talking about someone who's pushing away, who, who's aware that there, is, that there is rebuke, that there is wisdom to be had, but he's pushing it away. He hates that knowledge. Um, ever known anybody who didn't want to be corrected uh, or thought that his way was a better? Well, yeah, how about like all of us, okay, at some point? Um, and furthermore, then it says he laughs at mischief. If you uh, look at Proverbs 10 and verse 23, Proverbs 10 and verse 23 it is as sport to a casile, this, this particular fool, to do mischief. But a man of understanding has wisdom. It's, it's, it's a game. It's fun to him to do mischief. He doesn't really see the, uh, the problem with it or the grief of it uh, or the dissension of it. it, it it's fun. It's fun for him. Um, and then chapter 13, verse 19, says that the desire accomplished is sweet to the soul, uh, but it is abomination to fools to, defar- to depart from evil. Um, why? Why would he so despise departing from evil? Because it's there that he finds his enjoyment. Maybe you'd even say his comfort. Uh, that's where he enjoys being. And so when someone says, hey, stop doing that, or you shouldn't, you shouldn't be doing that, don't you know there's a better way? Ah! He gets frustrated, and he's going to turn from that. He hates to depart from it. Um, In chapter 14, in verse number 8, the wisdom of the prudent is to understand his way, but the folly of fools is deceit. 
whether there it's saying that he's deceiving or being deceived or both, uh, we know that won't just be a, a, it's not just a thing of the past. It will happen in the future as well and happens now. Um, and doesn't it happen, you know, as people want to believe a lie, then they begin to believe a lie, and then what follows on that? They begin to propagate that lie. You say, well, well are they deceiving or are they being deceived? Yes. <laughs> right. Um, so uh, then in chapter 14, verse 16, just a few verses later, it says, uh, A wise man feareth and departeth from evil, but the fool rageth and is confident. Now, confidence can be a good thing, right? We need to have confidence in the right thing and at the right time. But here he gets, he rages and is confident, falsely so, okay? Because again, he thinks uh, he, he, he knows what he knows and nobody can tell him what to do. He doesn't want to change his way. He's, uh, he's steadfast in what he's doing. Now look at Proverbs 15 and verse 20 where it comes home. Proverbs 15, verse 20, a wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish, a casile man despises his mother. Now, does that mean, um, oh, I just can't stand my mom? Well, in some ways it may lead to that, but the concept of, of despising would be to take lightly. Um, look, if you're a parent or a grandparent, okay, you enforce the value of the mother. You go toe-to-toe with a kid and say, hey, that's your mom. Don't you talk to her that way. She's valuable to you. God has given her to you as a guide and as a caretaker. How dare you disrespect her like that? But the fool has come to lightly esteem his mother. She's not valuable. He doesn't understand the design of God, doesn't understand the importance of her and his life or the things that she has to say. She can't feed into him because she just doesn't understand or you know, she just doesn't know. Um, and again, you see that there's a, there's a pride there. There's a disdain of wisdom in chapter 17 and verse 24. Wisdom is before him that hath understanding, but the eyes of a casil are in the ends of the earth. He's not focusing on what is available to him in wisdom right here, what's, what's within his reach. He's, he's going to dream about other things, look beyond the wisdom, and set his own fantasies, if you will. So the way I would uh, see that. Um, look at Proverbs 18, verse 2. Proverbs 18, verse 2. A fool, a casile, has no delight in understanding, but that his heart may discover itself. <laughs> um, it, what's, what's kind of striking about this verse is it sounds so 20th century to me. Uh, I, I just you know, need to know myself, man. You, know, you just... You just what's right, and he knows what will make him happy right now, and that's what he pursues. In chapter 23, chapter 23 and verse 9, speak not in the ears of a fool, for he will despise the wisdom of thy words. He, uh, and again, he, just, he won't see the value of what you're telling him. 
He'll take lightly the wisdom that you're trying to convey. You're thinking to yourself, no, I've been through this before, or I've seen it a dozen times. I know by experience, I can tell you that you need to be careful of this, or you need to watch out for this, or the way to navigate this would be this. And, and he, may, he may listen to you quasi-respectfully with a smile on your face and kind of nod and then go on and tell you more about himself. Or just, uh, you know, in some way portray that he didn't really grasp a hold of what I was saying. He didn't stop and listen like, oh, hmm. He didn't ask you questions to try to clarify. He just uh, took lightly what uh, you had said. And if you're, if you're a young person, well, honestly, if you're an old person, you feel this way that you walk away from somebody and you feel regularly prone to go, yeah, silly them. They don't know what they're talking about. Hold up for just a second and maybe just make a mental note to step back and go, what were they trying to say? Is there any chance that maybe they know what they're talking about? Um, if, I'm, if I'm regularly prone to just dismiss people out of hand that nobody quite understands like I do, I'd say that's a problem. Proverbs 26 in uh, verse number 11. Proverbs 26 in verse 11. This is unfortunate, uh, but what a vivid picture. As a dog returneth to his vomit, so a fool returneth to his folly. Uh, so something makes him sick, right? He vomits up, he goes back and he eats the same thing again. Will a fool return in the same way to, the, to, to that disgusting thing uh, that he, if you will, produces? And um, he, he repeatedly returns to his disgusting folly. It's habitual to him. Um, Proverbs 28 and verse 26. Proverbs 28 and verse 26. He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool, but whoso walketh wisely shall be delivered. What's the contrast? Um, walking according to my heart and walking according to wisdom. What is wisdom? Wisdom is God's design, okay? Taking the truth of reality that comes from God and applying it to life, contrasted to the truth of reality that emanates from my own perspective of things and governing my life by the way that I always see things, okay? Well, he that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. Why would that be, that he that trusts in his own heart is a fool? What what does that indicate um, about him? Yes, Ron. Okay. Good, good. Could be an indication of of not being saved because to be saved is to be led by the Holy Spirit, to have the Holy Spirit. Now we can quench him, we can we can do those things, but could be an indicator there, Jerry. He doesn't have any idea how errant his own heart is and how much trouble Okay, good, good. He doesn't have a proper perspective of himself. Right, good, yes. Good, okay, you're right, right. So he's saying that, um, Rick says that it kind of indicates that he perceives wisdom to emanate out of himself, that he just naturally knows what is the right thing to do and the best course of action. And uh, um, good, good. Any other thoughts on that? Uh, Kenny. Good, and that it's, it's indicative of pride because to acknowledge that someone knows better than you or to take correction is a humbling thing. You need to be humble in order to do that. And the person who won't acknowledge, no, 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 no. I, I know what's right. I know what's right, innately. <laughs> That's a proud person, Ron. Uh, well, 
And that could be a possibility too, which obviously would um, manifest itself in, I mean, it wouldn't be surprising to see that con- you know, consistent with pride, right? The things we've been talking about, thinking that the right emanates out of him. So, um, so he trusts in his own heart. Now look at Proverbs 26, 12. Uh, again, Proverbs 26, 12. I don't think we looked at this yet. Seest thou a man wise in his own conceit? There is more hope of a fool than of him. There's more hope of a fool than of him. Is there hope for a fool? Is there hope for a casil? Well, it sort of sounds like it. <laughs> yeah, it says a little bit. He's proud. He, he dis- he'll take lightly the wisdom that people give to him. But there is technically someone worse off, it sounds like, according to this verse in Proverbs, that the man who is wise in his own conceit, the more hope of a fool than of him. Interesting. So there's some that would be a little bit further down the path. Now, the reason I mentioned earlier his mouth, his mouth, is I want you to see this. Uh, all the verses here that speak of the casile in reference to his mouth and, uh, and the quality of it, the nature of it, and the trouble of it. Okay, Chapter 10 and verse 18. We're still dealing with the casile here, the fool of the, the big mouth. And uh, chapter 10, verse 18 says, He that hideth hatred with lying lips, he that uttereth a slander is a fool. Boy, that's pretty condemning, isn't it? Um, it, it to say someone who slanders, who tries to rip at the hard-earned name of another person, who hides his who, 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 who hates internally, but he lies and covers it up in a uh, smooth-talking or political way, that person is a fool. Um, We need to be able to take these proverbs and apply them directly to the rot of our generation and call things what they are, okay? Um, And the slandering tongue uh, is not to be taken lightly. Chapter 12, verse 23. Chapter 12, verse 23. A prudent man concealeth knowledge... But the heart of fools proclaim foolishness. On the one hand, the the prudent man's learning and he's treasuring that in himself. But hey, if you need to find the fool, just kind of listen long enough and uh, and uh, he'll be talking maybe and he's proclaiming foolishness. Chapter 14 and verse 7. Go from the presence of a foolish man when thou perceivest not in him the lips of knowledge. His, His speech isn't characterized by a knowledge, okay? There's not a substance there or a, an accuracy. Um, Proverbs 15, verse 2. The tongue of the wise useth knowledge aright, but the mouth of fools poureth out foolishness. <laughs> um, you see the contrast there. The mouth of, you know, the wise useth it aright. It's properly placed in its right proportion at the right time where the fool is just, Bleh! and just gushes out his foolishness. Um, indiscriminately. Uh, Verse 14 of the same chapter. The heart of him that hath understanding seeketh knowledge, but the mouth of fools feedeth on foolishness. What are you doing to pursue knowledge in your life? I mean, I'm not saying there's not a time when we don't just relax and and laugh together as a family or, or play a game or something like that. But is there ever a time when we're seeking knowledge, we're pursuing a sharpening of ourselves, 
or is the entirety of our free time spent feeding on foolishness, okay? Um, let's be aware of that. He feeds on foolishness. That's what he likes to eat and consume. That's, it's his bread and butter, if you will. Uh, 18 and verse 6, Proverbs 18 Verse 6, oh, here we go. Now it's getting him into trouble. A fool's lips enter into contention, and his mouth calleth for strokes. Now, you know he doesn't legitimately say, hey, smack me, although there might be the occasional uh, guy. Oh, yeah, you want a piece of me? Um, But uh, just the way he talks, it just calls for a fight. He's just waiting to get popped in the mouth, right? Um, And verse number 7, verse 7 of the same chapter, a fool's mouth is his destruction, and his lips are the snare of his soul. His mouth gets him into trouble and traps his soul, as it were. In chapter 19 and verse 13, a foolish son is the calamity of his father, and the contentions of a wife are a continual dropping. Um, Is that the foolish son is the, let's see here, 1913. All right, well, I don't know, okay, maybe, um, anyway, let's go to verse 20, chapter 26, verse 7, chapter 26, verse 7. He says here, the legs of the lame are not equal, so is a parable in the mouth of fools. Isn't that an interesting picture? Um, you know, the inequality, the discrepancy of the things that he says, that they aren't equal, so is a parable in the mouth of pool, <laughs> fools. So when you have a parable, you lay down, you know, kind of a known truth or a known thing next to a spiritual thing that you're trying to teach. But of course, they should be equal. Um, we say, uh, and have said a number of times in the past, that illustrations break down, and you have to be careful how you use an illustration. But as you lay it side by side, and you try to draw out an understanding of this truth by the thing that's commonly known, well, the fool can't do it right. He's going to draw the wrong application. He's going to lay that down in, in unequally. Okay. Um, let's see here. Let me find my place again. Um, in... 26 and verse 9, chapter 26, verse 9. As a thorn goeth up into the hand of a drunkard, so is a parable in the mouth of fools. That's an interesting one. I can't uh, give a good explanation of that yet, but that will be a good one for us to uh, step back and study. Um, Chapter 29 and verse 11. Chapter 29, verse 11. A fool uttereth all his mind. Uh Uh-oh. Um. But a wise man, notice the contrast, keepeth it in till what? Afterwards. So it's not saying that a wise man never talks or that he never tells you what he's thinking. But he waits till afterwards. There's a timing issue. Uh, After what? Well, probably after he knows more, after he's waited for you to stop talking, after he's processed what he's going, you know, what he's thinking through. There's a timing issue here, but a fool, boy, man, he's ready to tell you what he knows right now and and tell it to you all, even if you're not done talking yet. Um, A fool utters all his mind, uh, and we might say before he hears all the information. Have you ever been there uh, in yourself? I think I have where somebody started telling you a problem and you gave them an answer. 
And then they kind of finish telling you the problem. You're like, okay, wait, whoa, let me pull that back, actually, because uh, uh, I didn't realize that information, which kind of uh, gives this different angle on it, which means that we would approach it differently. But if you're just answering and pouring out uh, what you think you know, and because you, the fool thinks that he emanates wisdom, and because he's proud enough to think that he's really got all the answers, then, hey, he could just kind of stop you short and just tell you right now what the answer is. And... Um, and that's a problem. So he's got a big mouth. It gets him into trouble. He's pouring out his foolishness. Yes, Kenny. Because <laughs> there's not much to share. Yeah. Was it uh, Ernestine that would say, uh, when somebody, uh, I give him my, my two cents um, uh, and say, uh, what's that? Oh, yeah, peace of my mind. Yeah, I better be careful because you don't have much to spare, right? Um, <laughs> but don't give out too many pieces of your mind here. <laughs> so, all right. So we see the, the, the casile, the fool with the big mouth. But then I want to move to another one and see if you see a progression at all that here's the a wheel fool, okay? You might see it, the word in different forms, but I call it here the a wheel fool. Uh, he has got a big head and a short temper. A big head and a short temper, now, look in Proverbs 1 and verse 7. Again, see if you see uh, somewhat of a progression here or an order. Proverbs 1 and verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools, a wheels, different kind of fool we're talking about here, a wheels despise wisdom and instruction. So it starts with despising wisdom and instruction. It's kind of like what we saw before. Now, Proverbs 12 and verse number 15, the way of an awheel, okay, meaning this fool, is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth to counsel is wise. Now again, he's got that pride that marks him as being a, you know, the arbiter of truth and knowing what is right. Um, in chapter 15 and verse 5, a fool despises his father's instruction but he that regardeth reproof is prudent. So, so he despises wisdom and instruction. He believes that his way is right in his own eyes. Thus he takes lightly his own father's instruction who was who given to him by God to help direct him in the way and to convey the wisdom of God to him, but he takes that lightly. Now go back to chapter 14, verse 3. In the mouth of the foolish, the wheel, is a rod of pride, but the lips of the wise shall preserve them. So now there's, there's, there's pride involved in chapter 12 and verse 16. If this guy knows so much and he despises people's wisdom, he doesn't want to be corrected or rebuked. In, in Proverbs 12 and verse 16, a fool's wrath is presently known. So he's, he's triggered. He, his, his anger rises quickly to the top, and that shouldn't be too surprising uh, because someone who's so proud and, and so resists correction or criticism or critique uh, gets angry. His wrath is presently known. It says, but a prudent man covereth shame. Um, chapter 14, chapter 14, verse 9, fools, this kind of fool, make a mock at sin. They make a mock at sin. Now it seems like not only do they not receive correction, but you're beginning to d see the turn of that perspective towards sin now, okay, that uh, he makes a mock at sin. P Proverbs 20 
and verse 3. It is an honor for a man to cease from strife, but every fool, a wheel, will be meddling. Well, again, it's contrasted to the one who ceases from strife, who recognizes there's a dissension. He pulls himself out of it, uh, tries to be the peacemaker. He tries to deal with it appropriately according to godly wisdom. But, uh, boy, the fool likes to get in there and, uh, and stir the pot and keep it burning and uh, fuel the contention. He likes the strife. Oh, that's a bad, um, a bad perspective there, isn't it? But he's proud. He's, he's an angry man, if you will. He despises wisdom. Now look at Proverbs 27 and verse 22. Is there hope for him? Well, it's not a good picture. Though thou shouldest bray a fool in a mortar among wheat with a pestle, yet will not his foolishness depart from him. Now, here's the picture. If you grind herbs, you have a hard, maybe a marble bowl, okay, a mortar, and you stick in it a very hard, maybe a marble rod called a pestle, right? And you... And you're pounding and grinding that thing until you get those herbs or whatever it is you've got in there, you know, nice and finely, you know, down to dust or whatever, and then you can do with it what you want. That's the point of the mortar and the pestle. If you were to get a big mortar and a pestle, you know, a, a, a human-sized one, and you were to stick the fool in it and pound him around, boy, he's really going to hurt for it, isn't he? And he's just in life, and he's getting beat all around, and he's getting mashed and crushed and, and, and ground. Oh, he's going to learn his lesson, isn't he? I mean, like Jonah, right? When you're swallowed by the, by the great fish, and you go, oh, Lord, I'll obey now, right? I mean, certainly in a situation like that, he's hit rock bottom, and he's going to see the error of his ways, and he's going to change his thinking, right? He's finally going to come to the light. Well, what does the passage say uh, in verse 22 there? Uh, Though thou shouldest bray a fool in a mortar uh, among wheat with a pestle, yet will not his foolishness depart from him. Wow, isn't that sad? Um, So as we look, um, as we look to to culture, to society, um, we certainly want to be salt and light. I just want to kind of toss out a little idea to you. Can everybody be saved? And I don't mean theologically, has God not made a way for some? That's not what I'm asking. I'm saying, are there any um, hopeless cases out there? There you go. There you go. There you go. Uh, Yes only because of their own choice. They will not surrender. They won't give up their pride. They won't humble themselves to the gospel. They won't humble themselves to wisdom. Now, we can try to a certain point to influence them, but you're going to see here in a minute, we're going to cover a verse that actually says, don't waste your time. Okay? Now, um, Lest we draw too hard of a distinction right here, I want you to look at Proverbs 22 and verse 15. Proverbs 22 and verse 15. 
foolishness, this, the, the character, the quality of an wheel is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. So is it a matter of timing? Maybe so. That if we deal with our children early, now you say, wait, wait, whoa, I thought, I thought you said there was a progression. And again, that's kind of, I felt like I see it. Maybe you don't see it as much. But it, maybe you think, wait, wait, we're, we were talking about the simple one and then the, and then the pathy, and now we're on the wheel, and he looks so stubborn, and that's bound in the heart of my child? Is that what you're saying, that that kind of stubbornness? Well, well think about it. Look, look back to, to the list here. Do you see these qualities in children that they despise instruction, that their way is right in their own eyes, that, uh, that they're proud and they show it by the things that they say, that they get angry, that they even make a mock at sin and, and love contention? Do you see children like that? Well, sure, sure. Jerry? There, that's right, I was going to say. Yes, Jerry's saying you, you look at the kids and you see it more easily. They haven't learned to mask it yet. Right, right. And that's the good, the transparent part to say, is that quality there in me, but I, I want to say that it's not there or I want to... Uh, mask it. We've had a game for years that we, um, we have enjoyed over time playing with certain couples, and the game is called Couples. Um, and, and so you, you ask a question, and each person of the couple answers the question um, as they see it. So like, uh, would your husband say that he is whatever? And so the wife would answer what she thinks the husband would say, and the you know, husband answers what the husband would say. And, um, and it's funny sometimes because I think there's a tendency to answer according to what you wish you were. You know, well, what I would want to say about myself is, you know, wait, 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 no. Um, and, and so it's interesting even in that thought process to, well, I mean, if I had to answer the question, I, I mean, maybe it would be this, but I would like to think that it's this, and that's, 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 my, that's, my, that's my desire is for it to be over here, but is it really, Steve? Agenda-driven. Yeah, good. Uh, Steve makes the point, for those watching by live stream, that, you know, goes back to the agenda, okay? 
Um, and you just they keep driving the agenda, even if they bump up against good arguments and things, they have to double back. Or wise counsel, yes, right, right, good. And I'll say something about that in a minute, but somebody else had their hand up. Right. Mm-hmm. Rick says, the whole study today seems to sum up what is the whole woke agenda of the society or the woke movement of our society, yes. Um, partly in loving contention, but just a general pride, uh, the 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 refusal to move away from the wisdom that I feel is resident in my heart regardless of what God's design is, that I am the source of wisdom and my feelings matter and I'm going to hang on to that. Yes? Wow. Um, so, Jerry bringing up the verse, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Um, what, what, a, what a thought. Um, professing themselves to be wise, to say, I am wise. I know the design. I know how it's supposed to work. I'm properly applying it, and in the process, they're becoming fools. And the thought that uh, jumps back to my mind, I know we're talking about woke society, but you know that we can, we can misplace um, the center of wisdom, if you will. Uh, what is wisdom? What does wisdom require? The knowledge of the Lord. If I just come every week with that under my arm, and I sit in a pew and I say, I am wise because I go to church carrying a Bible. You know, I had to tell you, you're becoming a fool um, because wisdom isn't in sitting in a pew with a Bible under your arm. Wisdom is in opening this word and in opening your heart and saying, God, what's your way? How am I supposed to do this? Now, we most certainly see it in our culture that people profess themselves all over to be wise. In fact, they'll sell you a magazine on it, I'm sure. Um, you know, there's a parenting magazine that'll probably give you all the latest philosophical tips on how you need to, you know, um, uh, modi- you know modify the behavior of your children, and, uh, and they are wise. They've got the PhD. They write articles. They're in all these things, you know, things. you need to be listening to them, but if it's, if it's contrary to the Word of God, then in professing themselves to be, you know, the sources of wisdom itself, they're declaring themselves to be fools. Um, Ron? Yeah, good. And we're going to have to, unfortunately, stop there, but we will pick it up next week, and that will be a good place to start. I want to share with you um, uh, what Ron's talking about, how do you deal with it. I want to continue to the last fool, talk about how we deal with it, and then also bring up kind of in as an illustration of what you've been talking about in society, a debate that, uh, that Ethan's been watching recently. Um, and it's interesting to just see 
um, the, the interchange there and, and what is accepted and how, it's, how the agenda tries to navigate around the very obvious truths and bring up these things. What? Um, 